Welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground, where we collaborate with trusted educators from around the world to ignite and empower a passionate community committed to revolutionizing education from the inside out. Join me as we create our lives and our cultures on purpose. This is the Conscious Educator Playground. Let's play. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground podcast. Um, we are recording and streaming live on Facebook for those of you that are joining us here to join the live conversation. And um, Sheba, as always, happy to have you here with us today. We're we were already like in the in our pre podcast conversation, having some some juicy bits of conversation, um, and it's. The world is a fascinating place right now. Um, let's, it's, anyone else having a week? Like, it's, a, it's been a week, right? And I, uh, yeah, um, every conversation I'm having this week, regardless of who it's been with, whether it's educators, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's community partners, um, in some way, shape, or form, everyone's like, holy shit, the, the, what? <laughs> like, are, we're not crazy, right? Like, wait, you're feeling this way too? Like, are we? And <laughs> we're in this together. We're all, I mean, some way, shape, or form, we've all got stuff going on. And there is this very palpable, yet invisible, yet real ripple of impact, I believe, not only from the pandemic, but also from generations of unconscious behavior, unintentionally unconscious, right? If we think about our own evolution as a human species, we're at this place where so many of us are focusing on our mental wellness. So many of us are focusing on how do we heal some of those old wounds so that we can stop being triggered by them or reacting to them or being, you know, debilitated by yet another, you know, na name your thing, right? <clears throat> and and it's, a, it's a beautiful place to be. And it's freaking hard. It's hard. Being a conscious educator, it's not easy. And yet, none of us want to go back to being asleep and unconscious either. <laughs> we're like, well, that's not fun either. Yeah, that's but not we're fun. in this messy middle of, of growth and evolution. <clears throat> and it's interesting when we were just talking and I was like, oh, let me look at my books. And, you know, my sister teases me that they're color coded because I'm a nerd like that. Um, and, <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, she there's gotta be a book that stands out to me that kind of speaks to our conversation. And I don't know why yet I'm, it's kind of starting to percolate as to why and how I'm going to link it in. Um, but this is a book that's been out for a really long time. Um, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. What year did it come out? Um, what year did the book come Was out? It, like can... 2004 or five, maybe? Um, hang on. We're I feel like it was 2000. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, I it had like. to, 
Like there's a place in the book where it tells you, um, right? 2006. Okay. 2006. Okay. Um, so, wow. Um, almost 20 years, yeah? Seven, seven, I don't know, math, 17. <laughs> About 15. <laughs> it's like, wait, I had, I had to switch, switch brain gears and go to math. Um, what came up for you when I pulled this book out based upon the conversation we were having before the podcast? When you pulled out the book, it was really just about like, just um, kind of being mindful and enjoying where you are, wherever you are, just being in the moment. Yeah. Right. Focusing on fun and play and really taking that time and that moment to do just that. Yeah. And then I said, I didn't like the <laughs> I did say <laughs> that I liked the book much better than the movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, I didn't go to the movie with expectations. So it was it was entertainment for me. But I did love the book. Like the book was great. The book was great. And the book spoke to me at a time that, you know, I was, it, I had gone through a divorce recently, my, my first divorce yeah. to my son's dad that I did twice, um, different conversation. So, <laughs> and so, you know, from that perspective, it, it spoke to me and, and yet I still have, there's this voice in the back of my head of some of the conversations that were happening around the book that were kind of, a, they had a little snarky tone to them of like, oh, are you just going to go eat, pray, love? And like, and, and it's that place of like, do you really understand what it means, right? Do you really understand what it means to actually put yourself first and take your power back to, to do something so radically like out of what people would, ex, would quote unquote expect. There we go. Using air quotes again um, from, <laughs> from you, right. That, that tribal shame of of those that are used to comfortable with a certain behavior of of you in in how you show up in your life and then all of a sudden you do something radically different and they're like what's wrong with you you're like um nothing i'm actually just owning my truest self and being authentic and list finally listening to me and and i'm no longer doing things just because i should just because society says I should, or familial status says I should, or just because it's, no, no, I'm doing it intentionally. And we talk a lot about doing things on purpose, you know, and hashtag I use a lot as life on purpose or culture on purpose. And today's podcast is the talking about living in, in the micro moments and, and what that looks like. Because so many of us and, and so much good thought leadership work is, is really in finding the why. And, and, and I respect Simon Sinek's work so much and it's so valuable. And I think there's other layers to it. There's other layers of, of where the richness happens and is in these micro moments. And Brene Brown speaks to them as marble jar moments as she's describing the anatomy of trust. And when we when we really start to pay attention to them, that's where life happens. That's where we can really hone in on being present. And then we're not focused on I'm trying to be patient or I'm trying to I'm trying this or I'm trying that. Right. Like no, when when we're just seeking the micro moments, mm -hmm. 
that's where we begin to uncover our authentic beingness, our authentic, like whatever you want to call it, right? Right. So again, but back to eat, pray, love, and and it's kind of all unfolding in my brain as we're talking. Um, this is like radical responsibility for who you show up as and savoring the micro micro moments, right? And Jeanette, you are amazing and I love you so much <laughs> and I miss you to pieces and the fact that I didn't get to hug you during our 30 year reunion. Oh, we'll no. have to make up for that. We'll have to make up for that. Jeanette is one of my dearest and oldest friends. Aww. I adore you. Um, yeah, so just being in, in this space, right? Where, where we're all going, what the truck? That's my PJ version. Because um, <laughs> I didn't say it that way. Sandy, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it that way. Um, what is going on in the world, right? Right. What in the bejesus is going on in the world? And it's you and I work in the world of education, and it's it's been a system that has been unhealthy. Yeah, not serving all students, not serving all educators for a really long time. Right. That wasn't the intention. There's so many good people in education that are doing things with good intentions. Absolutely, and yet parents and students and humans are saying no more. Yeah. It doesn't work anymore. It's not working. It's not serving us. Right. It served a purpose at one time. It's not serving us anymore. And so we have this great resignation within education of not only teachers and educators, yeah. but students and families who are saying no more, we're out. Like we're going to go find joy and growth and learning and inspiration and influence in other places. And um, kudos to you for taking your power back. Yeah. And let's do it mindfully. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So can you share a little bit about like your, your journey um, working now in a couple of different districts in several different roles within education and really what you see as like a beneficial future of education? Like what are components? Like what are we focusing on in order to create a beneficial mm -hmm. <laughs> for all people, all humans, adults and children alike Absolutely. within a system of education that actually serves us? What are components that we should be focusing on? Um, so just from, and that's just going back to the first portion, just from working, you know, in different districts, across the nation, right? Working in the West Coast and working on the East Coast. I think the beauty of it is that for me as an educator, it just reinforces that I really love students. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many complaints that I hear about Gen Z, but these kids are so much more emotionally intelligent and so much more aware of the world in which they live mm -hmm. and they really know how to connect the dots, if that makes sense, right. right? With, with the tools that they've been given, especially with so many technological advances. Um, I think I had a student today go, do you need help? I always help the old people at my house. I said, I'm not that old. <laughs> Just relax. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> she was, no, she was super sweet. But anyway, um, so I think, <laughs> 
I think what students need, like um, I was um, reading somewhere the other day that a Yale professor, he was an organic chemistry professor, had been fired because um, a lot of his students had written the university, you know, whatever central office is there. And there were so many people failing and they essentially got him fired. And what he said is that he had, I, I don't know if this is the right terminology, dumbed down the coursework, but over the last 10 years, the students that he was getting from all different types of schools, public, private, charter, et cetera, homeschool, whatever, in the last decade, they didn't come into Yale prepared to complete the coursework. And he's like, organic chemistry is not going to change. And that's usually a course that you need for med school and, you know, for whatever field that has to do with that. And so I think, Sandy, what we need is we need to find ways where we can teach students. Okay, I'm going to rephrase that. We need to teach students in a way where they can learn. The traditional methods that worked for me, a Gen Xer, it's not the same for students that we have now, Gen Z or Gen Alpha that's coming up behind them. But we need to do it in ways where the curriculum is still rigorous. And I think that sometimes as educators, we often say, well, in order to make it palatable for students, we have to somehow take away the challenge of learning. Mm -hmm. And I, I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. The minds on these kids, I mean, they are so bright and they can learn anything, but how do we do it in ways that they want to learn? That's going to, we talk about engagement all the time, but real engagement. Mm -hmm. How do we meet our students where they're at? And I think that that's what the big change is going to be. And sometimes I don't think it's like, you know, districts will use different curriculum or project-based learning, whatever's cool, right? <laughs> whatever's like in vogue at the time. Yeah. But instead of just stopping and thinking, <clears throat> well, how do these kids interact with each other? Right. Right. Maybe like we're having a podcast, maybe they create a podcast instead of a, instead of a Socratic seminar. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have to start allowing our kids to be leaders in the classroom. So maybe we're going to have, you know, student teams teach. Yeah. Because that's the highest depth of knowledge level right there. If you can teach it, that right. means that you know it. And I think that we have to let go of the fear. That's what the kids need is for mm. the mm. people in charge to just give up some of the control give up so let's let's let it be a shared learning experience instead of this is what i'm feeding you and you're going to take it i hope that makes sense oh shiba yeah. you touched on such a beautiful point of yeah. letting go of the fear yes and that fear I can't even say it's it's like one fear, right? Like yeah. there's there's a myriad of them, depending on your role, depending on the situation, depending on all the things. Sure. <clears throat> but sure. when we think about shared learning, yes, shared teaching, yeah. creating an, a safe environment where everyone is a student and everyone is a teacher. 
Sure. And empowering young minds, Mm -hmm. empowering teachers, empowering principals. Like this goes all the way through the the system, Mm -hmm. the societal system Mm -hmm. of like we were talking about with Elise Foster and the multiplier effect, um, igniting the inner genius in everyone and creating a multiplier environment versus an accidental diminisher type of environment. Exactly. Because the teachers that don't know how to do it different, they're not trying to be evil or cruel to children or, you know, diminish children, but it does take letting go of fear of the way you've always done it and trusting your gut to know that evolving as a facilitator, coach, teacher, educator, whatever role title you put on, it's all about releasing the fear and going, Hey, I'm in this with you guys. One of the tools that that I use often is is the team alliance tool. And it's setting the social emotional container for the environment, whether it's a one-on-one meeting, whether it's a whole group workshop, whether it's an entire retreat for the weekend, you know, a genius camp, it's who are we together and, and what do we want to accomplish and, and how do we accomplish that together? Yeah. Because if I at the front of the room and saying, this is who we are and this is how we're going to do things here and you had no input in that, mm-hmm. there is no way you're going to open yourself up to any micro moments of joy, micro moments of learning, micro like nothing. Okay. <clears throat> you're going to be like, oh, I have to now sit still, fold my hands and not speak because I wasn't invited into Absolutely. the conversation or... I'm going to then act out in order to get said attention. Yeah. And, but yet when we create environments where it is this circle of trust, that's, that's another book that was standing out to me. I don't know if you've read um, Parker Palmer's uh, Hidden Wholeness. Okay. I keep putting books okay. sideways. Um, <laughs> and, and so this is a book that was given to me by Gard Jameson, a tremendous, tremendous thought leader, philanthropist, humanitarian. He's just, he's an incredible human. Um, Gar Jamison gave this to me and he um, really works with Parker Palmer's uh, circles of trust and creating compassionate cities and really elevating compassion around the planet. Um, so beautiful work. But when we think about creating circles of trust and, and circles of safety, um, as I believe it's Simon Sinek that calls them circles of safety. We talked about that um, a couple weeks ago. Um regardless, in order to get to the micro moments or when you run out of micro moments, Mm -hmm. you reconnect with yourself and or reconnect with your tribe, depending on what you need in that moment, you create this circle, you create this environment where it's rich and vibrant and, and filled with learning and intellectual stimulation. I was having lunch today with, um, with someone who is, who is, built so much amazingness in the community of Las Vegas when it comes to education. And she was sharing, she goes, I've I've done all these things. And yet what I'm still missing, and she's in her late seventies, she she goes, it's still missing this piece of this type of intellectual conversation. Like she and I could talk about, you know, dreaming into how we're going to revolutionize, you know, lots of things and and how we're (laughs) like, like we get into really juicy conversations about human behavior and, and that stimulation, that connection, mm-hmm. that to me mm-hmm. is what it's about. Like 
do I want to achieve a billion dollars in this life? Yeah. Cause you know, I just put a B on there because it's fun. Um, and do I want, do I want a yacht? Do I want the playground ranch? Yes. And all of those things are going to be coming into fruition, but is that what it's for? No, it's for the joy and the journey. And those of you that get my, my newsletter blogs, emails, um, if you're on my mailing list, um, I talked about micro moment from the other day when like I got packing bags in the mail and so that it's easier than packing boxes to pack some things in bags. And I literally got them and I was on FaceTime with my niece and I I literally go, I could fit in here. And I proceed to climb into the bag and I gotta like zip myself in. And I'm like that micro moment, that's fun. That's what this is all about. Right. Absolutely. It's, Yes, it's about the big visions. Yes, it's about the big purpose-driven life and all. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's not the majority. That's the out there that sometimes we can't quite get to. And so even as as I'm hearing you talk, Shiba, we think about revolutionizing education. We think about like what will it look like in the future as, as it, it evolves or transforms or implodes and we start anew, like however it's going to happen, yeah. it's happening. And if we're not focusing on, you were sharing an an example of a student who said, hey, I have this personal stuff going on in my life and I could really use a a human that will hear me and see me and value me. And even though you had 500 other things on your plate, you're like, no, no, this moment. Oh my gosh. This is why I do what I do. Well, and that was actually born out of a beautiful micro moment. So one one of my students is like, I feel like we all just need to see what house the moon is in. What house the moon is in. So the student starts typing. I love studying astrology. Right, right. And it's like, Leo, guard your heart, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's issues of the, but it was so. I need to meet your students. Right, I mean, but what a brilliant, right. And so then everyone's like, that makes sense. And that kind of gave my other kiddo the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to reach out to Miss mm-hmm. Rashada and just take this moment just to talk to her. And it ended up being great. Like yeah. that little two minute <laughs> exchange birthed mm-hmm. something else. And it was so worth it. Right. Because that's what fills your cup. Exactly. On living in a system that's not easy. Like, that's not being a teacher, being an educator, being anywhere in education right now is hard. Absolutely. And it's real exactly. and it's palpable. It's invisible, it is. but it's palpable and it's real. Absolutely. Well, and you know what that is too? Like, so we're talking about these easy things. So when we talk about revolutionizing things, I'm a revolutionary every day. So mm-hmm. like even for groups, I let my students choose their own groups. Seating charts, I have a seating chart. The students choose their own seats because Mm -hmm. I feel like if my students are comfortable, that means that we're going to be able to get to some really deep discussions a lot faster Mm -hmm. because they feel safe. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh my gosh, I could never do it. I'm like, well, have you tried it? It might just work. Right. You know, so instead of 12 weeks to build community, Week two, we're already in there. Mm. So. Because you let go of controlling 
everything to where they're not a part of it, right? There you You create a circle of safety because they have a voice. They absolutely do. And if I need to make humans, they're not robots. Exactly. And if I need to make adjustments, I can. You know, I let them know, listen, I I might have to move a little closer to me, but (laughs) but I think that yeah, it's it's like, but it's those small things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, you know, if we don't have all of these other amazing, marvelous, fantastic things right at hand or just yet, mm-hmm. there's small things that we can do to really just change the face of, of education or at least our classroom culture, if nothing else. Right. And I love kind of wrapping up on that note, <clears throat> because whether it's your classroom, whether it's your home, whether it's your office, yeah. right, no matter what where you exist the majority of, of your day. <clears throat> Create it intentionally. Yeah. Really focus on what's it going to feel like when someone walks in here? What do I want to feel like when I walk into this space? And then design it that way. Focus on those micro things that bring you joy If you go to the grocery store and you walk in and they've got fresh flowers right there and you're like, oh, I really want fresh flowers. But, you know, that might break the budget if I spend $30 on fresh flowers. We'll find one flower for a dollar then, you know, and and put it in a vase and put it on a desk. Find the little things because that's the journey. That that's how we create our lives. It's made up of these memories and these micro moments of of connection and joy and authenticity. And the more we can really focus on those and focus on that that's where life is lived, Mm -hmm. then it can help us navigate through when moons and astrology and mandates and life and acts of God and crappy things get thrown at us, right? We'll have some gas in the tank, some some of our cup filled so that we can weather it. And if we can't, then know that we're not alone. And at a minimum, we're here for you. Reach out to us. Like Sheba and I are here. You DM us. We'll get back to you. We, we got you. Like <laughs> No one's alone. And when you're out of micro moments, reach out a hand to someone who can help you find one, no matter what. Because, you know, it, when when I said to Shiva, like, <laughs> which book might it be today? And I said, oh, this one looks funny. And it's a book with the title of Surrounded by Idiots. <laughs> she goes, well, the title, if nothing else, made me laugh today. So, <laughs> so no matter what it is. It was worth it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Didn't match our theme today, but created a micro moment of joy. Yes, it did. So, Shiva, do you want to share what you would love everyone to to take away from today? Um, Yeah, just um, wish for one thing. Okay, absolutely. It's just um, just enjoy every part of your life, and yeah, even if it's just one small thing, or even if you feel like you can't find anything, and you're just you're here. Just say you have everything it is that you need right here, right now. And that has gotten me through a lot of days. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I'm here. It's 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 okay right now, just in this moment. So 
Maybe that'll help someone else. We love it. And I just want to add one little thing to that. Remember to breathe. (laughs) Remember to breathe. breathe. If nothing else, set a 30 second timer and just breathe intentionally. No matter what you're going through, we've got you. Thank you for joining us on the Conscious Educator Playground. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday. And uh, it's going to be an adventure of a week. I will be um, in temporary or empty housing. I don't know. It's going to, we'll see where I end up. We'll see where my background is next Thursday. (laughs) All right, everybody have a great rest of your day, night, evening, whatever it is. Love you all. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Conscious Educator Playground. Subscribe to this podcast and join our Conscious Educator Playground Facebook group. You can find me at Sandra Marie Herrera across all socials. I look forward to seeing you on the playground again soon. Cheers to another week living your life on purpose.